0: Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Paul Leslie Hour, and we're honored today to welcome Bobby Bank, photographer of the stars. We know you're going to enjoy this because, well, as a photographer, he's got the camera and the camera never lies. Bobby's probably got some insights into some really big name people. Let's sit back and listen. Enjoy the show. Now, before we get into the interview, let me remind you that the Paul Leslie Hour is, well, we make it because of you. We thank you for your contributions and hope you'll make one today. Go to wwwthepaullesliecom slash support. Yeah, it's all laid out there for you. It's easy, press the button, pull the lever, and we thank you in advance. Now let's get some private insights into some really famous people with photographer, Bobby Bank. Paul, take it away.
1: How are you? I'm good. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are joined by Bobby Bank. He is the photographer of the stars. He has been shooting for more than 40 years now. And I want everybody to check out his website, bobbybank.com. You're going to see a lot of very interesting images on there. He's taken some amazing photos everywhere from backstage, on stage, in recording studios, on movie sets, on the streets of New York. And some of the people he's photographed would include Frank Sinatra in the studio Bob Marley, Frankie Valli in the Four Seasons, Neil Diamond, Barry Manilow, let's see, Bette Midler, Harvey Keitel, Robin Williams, Kevin Costner, Michael Jackson, and so many others, right?
2: That's all true. (laughs) And when I was making my list before, you know, I'm looking, he asked me, who would I like to photograph? And I was like, I photographed most of them already, you know?
1: Well, it's a very impressive uh, a k- career, and that career is still ongoing. But where did it all start? How did you get this interest in images?
2: You know, I probably started as a kid. My my father gave me a Polaroid camera,
1: hmm?
2: the old old Polaroid. Right. Uh, I still have them here. You know, it's the old Bellows one, the the Land camera, and my father wasn't sure how to work it too well. And of course, he gave it to me to take the pictures. And, you know, I figured out real quick on how to use that. Uh, you know, so that was one of my cameras. My mother went to Russia, my second mom, and she brought back this, uh, Russian camera called this EXA, which was a waist level finder camera that used 35 millimeter. And I started playing with that. And from that, my first real camera was a Minolta 101.
1: A Minolta 101.
2: Yeah. And that was, you know, the beginning of photography. My little dark room, my dark room was in my room. I had a a little bogan and larger on top of a file cabinet in order to uh, produce the pictures. I blacked out the windows in my room. (laughs) (laughs) I put black, you know, black, uh, you know, tape over that, you know, uh, and uh, this way I was able to work during the daytime in my darkroom. And, uh, you know, my routine, you know, back then was, you know, going to concerts, you know, in college, uh, coming home, putting the film in the fixer, developer, hanging up in my bathroom, uh, cutting it up, and then going into my room and, and printing. That was that. Sure. But, but, but as far as my original photography, I used to, I grew up in Chiefs of Bay, Brooklyn, and I used to go out and literally, you know, just photograph the whole Bay Area. You know, uh, somebody, I just, I just posted on Facebook recently, there was a huge snowstorm in 19, whenever it was, 77. And for some weird reason, you know, I get dressed at like 11 o'clock, and go out <laughs> <laughs> and, and walk around the neighborhood and photograph the neighborhood <laughs> in the middle
1: of blizzards. Wow. You just love the art of photography.
2: <laughs> yeah. And, I, and, you know, where I grew up in Jitsad Bay, you know, the water was right there. The boats were right there. Famous Lundy's restaurant was there. So, you know, it was a lot. Coney Island is, is a hop, skip and a jump from, from where I live. So you're just always walking around and, and just photographing the area.
1: So around what time period were you in college? What what decade was this?
2: I went to PS 254 and graduated from there, public school. Then we went to Shell Bank and then to Sheepshead Bay High School. And, you know, the funny thing about my school, Sheepshead Bay High School, if you look it up, there are literally eight comedians in, in the comedy field that comes from my school. We have Larry David. We have Donna Pescal from Side Fever. We have Robin Larkin. We have Neil, Neil Berliner, who's a comedy writer. We have Jim Bob Williams. We have Fred Stoller, who was on Seinfeld. Yeah. Uh, and, and literally, if, if, and then also Michelle Ballin, who was on, on America's Got Talent, you know? And, and you look at this thing and it's like all these comedian people came from Sheetson Bay High School. is that the craziest thing ever?
1: Yeah. Now, how many of them have you photographed?
2: You know, I'm friends with Donna. You know, Donna and I grew up together from second grade. Uh, so Donna, and I, 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 still keep in touch with this, you know, you know, Neil Berliner, you know, is, is a doctor, he's a psychiatrist, uh, but he's been a writer, a comedy writer, you know, for the Stern show. He's also written for man Magazine. You know, it, it is just, you know, it, 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 just him, really, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: What, what, what is it like to take photos in such uh, an interesting and iconic place as New York City?
2: Well, you know, I started off when I was in college, and I'll tell you, you know, I, I went from you know the high school to college i went to kingsborough community college all right uh, two-year school which after kingsborough i went to hunter and uh i joined the radio station you know the college radio station uh to become a dj i was a dj in the morning all right and uh you know then i kind of got more involved with the radio station become its music director you know and just got more involved in in the radio station which was called wkcc radio I carry current station that, uh, was just around the campus only, you know, in the speakers in the dorms, you know, in, in the, uh, you know, libraries and in, in the eating areas. That's where it was. You know, later on when I graduated, you know, they built the entire campus, which, you know, then they moved over to FM and they had that, but, you know, we used to get a lot of, lot of freebies from various people like the record companies who would, you know, give us free records and, you know, to promote things like their PSAs. And one of the first things I went to in college was the Tommy press conference party. So here I am 17 years old. I go to the Essex house on central park west with my little college ID (laughs) radio. You know, there's a God there, not like today with the security. You know, I wasn't on a list. You know, it was just me and a buddy of mine. I showed my college ID, WKCC radio, you know, and they let us in. You know, big ballroom. And at the, at the front of the, the dais, this big area was Robert Stigwood and Margaret, Tina Turner, Elton John, and three members of The Who. Mine oh, wow. was because uh, Roger Doltry was making that Ken Russell movie *Listomania*, which didn't go too well, you know. But Pete Townsend was there, John N. Whistle, and Keith Moon was there. You know, huge, huge thing. In fact, here's a picture, all done. Oh well. Wow. Okay, and that actually was signed by by uh, Keith by uh, Pete. Finally, I got him to sign it for me. Nice. So that was one of the first things I did, you know. And you know, went around, just took pictures. You know, the pictures ended up in, in the college uh, newspaper that, that we were there at Kingsborough. And then I just went to more things, more press conferences. You know, the, one of the next things I did was go over Barry Manilow's house because, you know, they needed to promote him. And, you know, got in touch with the PR person and literally got invited to Barry's house, you know, in New York City
1: <laughs> <laughs> and took pictures at his house. What did you find Barry Manilow to be like?
2: You know, he was just starting out. You know, I was in his house. Literally, you know, it was really, he was uh, Bell Records, which became Arista Records, you know, when Clive took it over in 1975, you know, and they really needed all the help they could because the first record died, you know, and now they were working on the second record with Mandy, you know, and uh, that's why they went to the, seat. A, a lot of the record companies had college, uh, liaisons, hmm. okay. Between the college, you know, radio, radio stations and the record companies. they it was a, an audience that, you know, they needed and, and they broke a lot of records that way. The police was broken that way. You know, a lot, a lot of acts, you know, probably Springsteen, a lot of people were broken from college radio, a ton of them.
1: Yeah. And I'm guessing because not only your involvement with the college radio station, but also at the beginning, I was listing all these people you photographed. So many of them are musical people, recording artists. Have you always been a music lover?
2: Yes. Yeah, I I own about 6,000 records. Wow. Yeah.
1: That's impressive.
2: Yeah, I have about 6,000 records. Uh, all vinyls still downstairs, you know, probably 500 to 800, you know, CDs. I still have them. So, you know, I love music, you know, and, and my music is geared more towards the pop music, you know, you know, but, uh, you know, when, when, when I started in the college radio, you know, it opened up a whole thing to interview people. And, you know, I started writing a column for my college radio station, you know, and it kind of progressed from there. You know, I went into the city, you know, I went to, I interviewed a lot of people that were involved in recording studios, uh, Phil Ramone, you know, major producer who did everybody as you know, from, you know, Simon and Garfunkel in, in Central Park and, and everybody else. And of course, Billy Joel's the stranger. And I interviewed him at A and R studios. I did the same thing with Arif Mardin who. Did everybody plus you know who's instrumental in bringing the Bee Gees back, you know from the dead, you know from you know both those albums, and just started interviewing people, and then I happened to stumble in into the studio that put on the Woodstock festival, which was called Media Sound Studios, which was started by the two guys uh, John Roberts and Joe Rosamond, and I walked in the door, literally you know, and introduced myself and, uh, you know, started hanging around and I started taking pictures and I was always welcome at Media Sound and I became friendly with, you know, Manilow's co-producer, Ron Dante, you know, who's the lead singer of the Archies, Sugar Sugar. And, uh, you know, Ronnie helped me, you know, when they took my pictures of Manilow in concert, he helped me, you know, put my three pictures on the Barry Manilow live album. He was helping me with that. You know, he kind of gave a push to the art director of Bob Heimel at Arista Records to use my three pictures, which he did. Great. So I always used to hang around Media Sound. I became very close with another famous record producer, arranger, uh, Charles Colello. Did that ring a bell to you?
1: Absolutely.
2: Yeah. And Charlie took a very liking to me. And Charlie just wanted. I interviewed him for this this newspaper that I did, Musicians Classified, or a rag newspaper. And Charlie just invited me to come to every session that he did. There you so, go. You know, from you know interviewing him, you know, to hanging out with uh, Frankie Valley, you know, in 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 the 70s, and he was doing Frankie Valley stuff, and plus all the Four Seasons, uh, Kenny Nolan. I like Raymond, uh, Barbara Streisand, Engelbert, we hung out with Engelbert doing doing after the Lovin', Juice Newton, uh, you know, the list went on and on and on and on. Connie Francis, you know, and every time there was a session, Charlie would invite me to come down to Media Sound, or whatever studio he was in, mostly Media Sound, to just take pictures and document it. And then one day, Charlie says to me, Bobby, tomorrow, four o'clock, okay? Okay. Well, that was the Sinatra session. Oh well, you know, <laughs> and you know, I come to Media Sound, and on, it was Studio A, and uh, you know, on on the door it said no entry, you know, in there on on the glass, and I'm standing outside like a schmuck, you know, and then somebody comes out and they go, "What are you doing out here?" It says no entry. No, that doesn't mean you, you know, come in, and uh, so so uh, Frank is there with uh, Barbara, you know, his new wife. And, uh, Julie Rizzo, you know, the bodyguard restaurateur and, uh, Frank is there to sing a song that Paul Anka wrote called Everyone Ought to Be in Love and, uh, Charlie arranged it, you know, the day before with the Springs and everybody. And that was that. And also jazz artist, Joe Beck was there to do a remake of All or Nothing and Night and Day. Okay. And I ended up shooting 11 rolls that day. You know, the funny thing is, is Paul, I never took a picture with him like a schmuck. too bad you know i took a picture of everybody with frank except me Mm.
1: how did that feel was it at all intimidating to take photos of frank sinatra
2: you know probably in the first few minutes when i was in 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 the studio with them but i gotta tell you you know right afterwards it was just you know hanging around with them and i didn't think anything of it you know probably when i left there that day Probably it hit me afterwards when I left, you know, that I was, you know, literally in a closed recording session with Frank Sinatra. But during the daytime, I really didn't think about it. I was kind of thinking about how to get the best pictures.
1: Mm. You've taken so many pictures. Is it possible to pick a favorite photo that you've taken?
2: You know, I just went through things last night on my phone, you know, on my, on my computer, you know, and, you know, kind of between the music stuff, you know, the concert stuff that I've done. And I've always, listen, I started off in New York City in, in, in probably one of the coolest venues ever, which still today, you know, nothing comes close to it, which is the bottom line. You know, West 4th and Mercer, across from NYU. And, you know, we saw some great shows there. You know, what's-his-name show? I didn't see it, but Bruce Springsteen, when he first broke from the... Uh, you know, because the first two albums, you know, were, 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 didn't work for CBS, you know, it was, you know, the third album that finally broke and he did a week at the bottom line, the first day, no one went the second day CBS was giving away, you know, tickets and things like that. And, you know, finally, you know, it, it became like a, 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 no standing. You couldn't get in the door into the bottom line, but listen, I photographed Peter Allen there, you know, flamboyant Peter Allen. Uh, Billy Joel, Barry Manilow, uh, Cheech and Chong. I mean, my list goes on and on. And Floyd photographed at, you know, uh, at at the bottom line, uh, Leader of the Pack, Yelly Grenad Show with with everybody in there, with Darlene Love, and, you know, just some great shows at, at, at the bottom line, really.
1: Jimmy Buffett has this song called Bank of Bad Habits, and there's a line in there he sings, a Picture's Worth a Thousand Words, Just Ask a Cameraman. What makes for a good picture?
2: You know, I knew you were going to ask me that because I took the book out. So so the reason I, I'm, I'm going to show you the book is, if you're familiar with 60 Minutes, the TV show? Yeah. Okay. And the original uh, producer of that show was a gentleman named name of Don Hewitt, who basically started this thing. And Don wrote a book. You know, that was published, uh, you know, many years ago, which I have a copy here. And his title of the book is the reason, you know, how I can sum up taking pictures. And here's the title of the book.
1: Tell me a story.
2: Yep. So that sums up how, I guess, I look at how to take a picture. So if I can show you my picture, it will tell you the story. Or, or it should tell you the story. You shouldn't have to ask me about
1: it, right? Well, that's that's a great point because when I think about great pictures, there's usually like it's just not here's a per- a person's face. It's usually like he's looking at something, or it's like oh, it's obvious he's talking on the phone. There's there's some kind of like or two people are looking at each other, and there's an emotion, and you realize they they like each other or they're pretending that they don't like each other, but they clearly like each other. But there's some kind of story element to the picture. Yep. Yep.
2: So as far as what is a great photo, is that what you mm-hmm. want to ask me? Yeah.
1: What's a great photo? What makes one?
2: Telling a story, lighting, composition, you know, things like that. Uh, you know, a lot of things, you know, back then we were able to do in the dark room. Burning and dodging, you know. I underexposed a negative. And listen, all my negatives are still here. You know, I got all, all my negatives still here. Still here. <laughs> okay? Got them all. This is here. Still, still, still here.
1: <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know? Interesting.
2: And, and, and actually, oh, this is the one, too. So this is, you know, I told you I used to go to stuff in college radio, okay? And this is uh, February twentieth, nineteen seventy six. Leonard Skinner, okay, is at MCA Records. Two months later is the plane crash. Hmm. And is Ronnie Van Zandt, you know, with his with his father. So here's my negative, still here. So
1: <laughs> they're truly artifacts, you know. Wow.
2: So, you know, I have my, my, my negatives in books, chronologically, going from, you know, I'm, I probably started photographing seriously in 74, 75, you know, in, 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 in college, and then really went gangbusters in the late 70s, 77, 78, 79, 80, 81, 82, where I did anything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was everywhere.
1: What is the best thing about what you do?
2: Uh, you know, it kind of looking at my pictures. You mean when I when I look back at them?
1: Yeah, or just like when you when you go and you take photos. Is there is there a part of it that that you like the most?
2: You know, I I, I like to, to 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 capture. I guess you know that moment in, in time and, and maybe like, as everyone says, freeze it, you know, mm-hmm. go back like we just did and look at that picture of, of the who, I mean, I remember that, that whole, that whole uh, thing, you know, of that Tommy press conference. So.
1: Hmm. You know, we, we talked about this earlier, but um, could you come up with someone, someone that you've always wanted to photograph, but you haven't yet?
2: Yep, I wrote it down. Okay. So have, I've never photographed the Stones.
1: The Rolling Stones? Never. Nope. Well, we've got
2: to put I that thought, I photographed Mick Jagger at the vinyl premiere, you know, mm-hmm. with the, the Scorsese, you know, thing that was on HBO, but I've never photographed the Stones. Not yet. I've never yet. New U2. Uh, I've never photographed uh, Linda Ronstadt. i never photographed Stevie Wonder. Uh, I've never photographed any of the presidents, like Obama and Biden. Uh, you know, the, the, those are the people right there. I've never photographed.
1: And have you ever photographed Bob Dylan?
2: No, I never photographed him either. That's another person, right? Yeah.
1: But you, didn't didn't you didn't you photograph his son Jacob?
2: I did. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I did. Yeah. I
1: mm-hmm. knew it was one of the Dylans. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah. Has there been somebody that you, you have found to be especially photogenic?
2: Photogenic.
1: Yeah. Like you just remember this person. It's like, wow, it's hard to take a bad picture of them.
2: You know, I, I mean, here's he's a person who was holding up my work. You know, this is James Gandolfini. Wow. And, and this is uh, two months before he died. Hmm. This is an event we did in Long Island. It was a, uh, raise money, you know, for, for, for an event. And he's holding up a picture that I took on a Sopranos, as you can see that. Right. Hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean,
2: Jimmy, Jimmy was great. You know, Jimmy, you know, it's like talking to your uncle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I took a liking to him. He took a liking to me. He always liked my work. Uh, you know, with any events that he did. And plus I was always on a set of the Sopranos you know, when they did a lot of movie sets.
1: What is that like to take photos on a movie set?
2: Uh, well, listen, I'm the, I'm the paparazzi guy that they hate, you know? So I'm, I'm the outsider. They're not too happy that I'm there. Yeah. Know? But, uh, uh, listen, I'm there. I documented, uh, you know, we kinda work nice together. Uh, and we just take pictures uh, when they're outside. That's all.
1: Hmm. You know, you were just mentioning James Gandolfini. Would you say that he's the nicest celebrity that you photographed?
2: I would probably say Jimmy is, is up there. Sinatra. Uh, you know. Uh, who else? No most I write down here. Well, I would say him, Jimmy, Sinatra, you know, write those two, yeah.
1: Is there a secret that you have perhaps if somebody, like let's say they've asked you to take a photo and they seem yeah. like they're a little uncomfortable. Is there some way that you can kind of get them to relax a little bit?
2: I. You mean if it's an interview type of thing or if yep. it's a, uh, a, a one-on-one thing?
1: Yeah, you're just taking some photos.
2: You no, know, I try to get to know him as a person. Maybe I tell him a joke here and there or something. Or maybe I bring up food. I'm I'm a big foodie, so you know I cook. So, you know, maybe we talk about food or where they grew up and stuff.
1: Well, food. So so tell us uh what I've, kind of I've f- been
2: cooking I've been cooking since I'm a teenager. Yeah. Before. Yes. I was in the kitchen with my mother, uh, my second mom who let me uh turn the a grater for the chopped liver, and uh, I picked up a Cuisinart when I was 16 years old uh, and brought it home and started using it. I bought one for my mother. So I've literally been in the kitchen all my life. I've been cooking authentic Chinese cooking with a a, a Jewish uh, chef, Norman Weinstein. I I just been cooking every day I cook. I mean, I literally own three Cuisinarts and more things that I can prepare stuff. I have friends that are chefs all over the city, so I just enjoy cooking.
1: What's the best restaurant that uh that you could recommend up in, in that area of the country?
2: Well, you know, I just I eat at Becco all the time, which is part of Lydia Vistadovich's uh you know chain, you know, with her son. Uh I've eaten at Rayo's, you know, the famous restaurant, you know, up in Harlem. That has 10 tables that you can't get a reservation for. I've eaten there a few times. So, you know, those are two great restaurants in the city.
1: I'm hoping you can tell us about, and I, and I hope I'm I'm pronouncing it right. Is it Jewelite? Jewelite, Talent? yeah. Jewelite. Tell well, us about that.
2: It, well, you know, what happened was is, is I photographed many people for the autograph conventions. And, uh, you know, I did that for a number of years to photograph them and, uh, you know, wanted to see what it was like to get in, uh, to represent somebody. And the first one I did, uh, was the amazing Kreskin, who was still around, as you know, cause you interviewed him already. Right. Yeah. Twice. <laughs> twice. Right. And, uh, you know, I had, uh, Kreskin at one of the shows, you know, many years ago, and he did okay, you know, and then all the people I've kept in touch with over the years, you know, I started asking around if they want me to represent them for the shows. And it's grown now to about 80 people. <laughs> nice. Wow. Yeah. I mean, the last show that we did, you know, I had uh, John Aston from Beverly Hills Cop, uh, Jonathan Schmack, from Ferris Bueller, Uh, Chelsea Ross from Rudy and Hoosiers in Major League, Uh, Jeffrey Owens from Cosby Show, and Skip Caparis, uh, also in Major League. Oh, and I have more shows that I go to, you know, as I represent them during the autograph cons all over the country.
1: (laughs) So if somebody out there, they're watching this or they're listening to this, and they decide... They've looked at a, a few of your pictures and they, they thought, I would like for this guy to photograph me for whatever, for my album jacket, for, uh, my headshots or whatever. Is that something that you do? Do you take on new clients? Sure.
2: Uh huh. Yeah, well, we'll do that.
1: So you go to bobbybank.com. Right. Okay. Tell me, not just limited to, Photography, just in general, with your life, what is the best thing about being Bobby Bank?
2: What is the best thing? Yeah, I don't know. You know, I, I try to make every day, you know, one day at a time, like everybody else does. <laughs> you know, I have a, a great daughter. You know, and I have great friends and family. You know, uh, my cousins, some of them I want to kick their asses in that you know, don't, don't stay in touch like they should. But I I think everybody has a good, you know, well-rounded people that they can call their friends and, and talk to them and, 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 uh, you know, help them all the time.
1: Before we go, there's something that I got to tell you. This is a really interesting little factoid. Yeah. Okay. On December 12th, 2015, if I'm to believe the photo credits, you were at a concert, Robert Davi. He was celebrating the 100th birthday of Frank Sinatra in Mashantucket, Connecticut. Is Correct. that right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I was at that show.
2: Right. He, he was actually, He. I was working for him.
1: And you took some great photos that night.
2: Right. Well, I was working for him. for uh, So Robert and I, you know, met the original thing when I met is going back to, to, to the college. Okay. I ended up on the set of contract on cherry street. Okay. Oh yeah. I, I went to Queens Plaza and, and I was with the, the representative from NBC because it was, I think being aired on that, whatever. Anyway, they clear me, they put me onto the platform. <laughs>
1: hmm.
2: And I take pictures and I meet Harry Guadino, you know, who was the co-star with Clint Eastwood on the Dirty Harry movies, you know, and this other guy. And I don't know who he is, but I'm photographing him and he's in the street with Harry Guadino, you know, and I kind of put these pictures aside, you know, and not thinking who it was. Years later, I'm looking at my pictures on the contact sheet and I, I, you know, I scan my pictures and I look and it's like, that guy looks real familiar. You know, because it was, you know, probably from his thing from Die Hard and and Goonies and other stuff he's been. And I look and it's like, oh, that's Robert Dovey. That's probably the first thing he's ever done. You know, and I sure enough, if I look at the IMDb credits, you know, I contact him through an agent, through another agent to finally get to him. And it's like, you better call me back, bro, because I have pictures that you want to see. Yeah. Because when you see these pictures of you on Contract on Star- Cherry Street, you won't believe when you see them, you know. <laughs> <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> he called me up, and we had a long conversation. I sent him the old pictures. I printed up stuff to him, and we became like best buds, you know. And uh, he invited me to his concerts in, in Long Island. He was doing an Eisenhower Park. You know, I photographed him out there. And then he was doing the show. Uh, he does Dobby Singh Sinatra you know, on his website and he invited me to come to Connecticut, you know, and and photograph him and videotape him. And then, you know, the president uh, you know was there also from uh from the hotel uh, Felix Rappaport, the one that died. Yeah. The president of, of the hotel there. And it was a whole big thing as you know, uh celebrating the, the Sinatra's birthday. That's correct.
1: What did you think of that show?
2: That' was great. He's, yeah. he's wonderful. He, he's a great he, he, you know as you saw the show, he brings a whole huge orchestra with him, you know not just one or two pieces, you know and you know he puts his heart and soul to it and he's got a great voice. you know
1: That's right. That's right. Well Bo- Bobby Bank, I, I hope that we have a chance to meet someday.
2: Well, you, you're based where again.
1: I'm I'm quite a, quite a ways from New York and New Jersey but um I'm down here in the south right outside of Atlanta Georgia
2: No I was there this this year I was stuck 13 hours at the airport
1: Sorry <laughs> 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 Our airport does not have a great reputation
2: No actually it was very nice Oh yeah good, yeah, it, good. It, it, it was just the Delta getting back on a, on a flight to come back Yeah Well yeah, but- but Hartfields is a beautiful airport.
1: You're a kind man. <laughs> well, well, Bobby you should, Bank...
2: You should come up here. We do a lot of autograph conventions. Uh, you're more than welcome to come. You know, the big one that we do here is the Chiller Show, uh, the Chiller Expo in Park Symphony. Uh, it's twice a year, uh, you know, which is April and October. And, uh, you know, you should come up here and... and uh, you know, come up and, and enjoy the, the, the spring, you know, in, in the New Jersey area, New York, New Jersey.
1: Do you have any, uh, any, uh, parting words for our viewers out there?
2: No, just, just, uh, look at my work, you know, and, and, uh, you know, uh, I just appreciate uh, you interviewing me and, and, uh, A little bit of insight to everything. I mean, were you okay with everything, Paul, or what?
1: I'm happy with it. I'm happy with it. I'm pleased to I'm pleased to have you on here.
2: Well, I appreciate the thought of of you asking me after all these months, you know, when we had our thing. And if there's any other celebs that you want me to to help you interview, I'm right here for you, you know?
1: Well thank you. I appreciate that.
0: Well Bobby, until next time. Thank you for stopping by today. If you enjoyed our program, consider telling a friend about it. The Paul Leslie Hour is made possible through people just like you. So you want to keep the show going, right? Go to thepauleslie.com. That's thepauleslie.com. Click on Support the Show. And thanks to everyone who contributes. Performance of the intro music is courtesy of John Primorano, the entertainer.